Blog Talk Radio. And your mammy. Welcome to the war room. We got Tez, Kim, Jimmy, PJ, B. Austin, a hot block commander. How you want to end up one or two hour show to keep the brain running with the premise of talk sports on a national level? Vote with the topic, sort of like the rubber. When it's game time, they like the fat five doing prime time. Sports conglomerates speak their minds a little bit. So sports medicine and sports veterans and great. The 4 for 26, so the war ain't can wait. It's the war room with five nights at the round table. Five silly guys, diversified and educated. What's good, War Room family? You are once again live in the War Room, brought to you by War Room Sports on the War Room Sports Podcast Network. I'm one of your hosts. I'm the boy, Des McMillan. I'm at the roundtable with my brothers, Jimmy the Blueprint and the boy, B. Austin. Look, man, Tyson Fury laid hands on Deontay Wilder, and the internets are still ablaze with takes, overreactions, excuses, memes, etc. So for the next two hours, we'll give our thoughts on that. Kobe and Gigi's memorial service and a bunch of other things happening in, the, in sports this week. So make sure you keep it rock right here with your boys. And if you want to get in on the conversation, sign in right now to the By the Hood chat room at blogtalkradio.com slash the war room. Or you can join us on Facebook or Twitter at War Room Sports. We'll also be taking your calls on the Digital Extreme Tech Hotline. That number is 323-410-0012. But before we get started, as usual, before we start talking our ish, we got to let you guys know we're not live on the air. You guys should make sure you check out archive episodes of our show on our own network at warroomsports.com and the War Room Sports mobile app. Also on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, Speaker, Blog Talk Radio, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Anchor, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, and most other places you do your podcast. Listen, that's a lot of places. So there's no excuse for you not to hear the War Room or some of our uh, you know, our partner podcast, shout out to Tissue and the Tape. Uh, if you're in the hip hop, John Appetit. If you like to eat, the Broad Street Line. If you're in the Philly sports, um, after further review, another national sports show, man, just check it out. We might have some oldies but goodies returning to the network in a little while. So stay tuned and you might get the scoop on that. You know, I just want to add before we get started for everybody out there, don't let Fury's hands distract you from the fact that Harvey Weinstein got convicted up in New York. What up, brothers? Yo, what's up, you going to get a real sentence, or they going to hit him with probation? I mean, <laughs> I don't even know, because all I, all, all I say is this, man. I don't even get excited over, like, you know, people getting convicted or found guilty these days, because it don't even mean nothing, especially when a man about to get, like, probation. <laughs> yeah. I mean, either way, what's done is done. Um, you know, we we can't take back the yams that he took in the first place. Um, but you know, you like to see people, if you care about those type of things, you know, pay the price for the ills that they've done in the community. Um, I guess because it's already started, but I guess if he does get a significant sentence, and he's not done anyway. Remember, he got cases in L.A. He got to face up to. Anyway. He got me. So, yeah, so I don't I don't see any chance of this dude going free anytime soon anyway. So maybe we can finally stop the, you know, uh, b- b- what's up with Weinstein when everybody's trying to defend Pill Cosby and 
R. Kelly and people like that. So, you know, maybe we can the pudding, stop the hearing that pop, once and for all. The pudding pop bandit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Know that I'd, be ashamed. I'd be ashamed of nigotry in this country based on that, man. Yeah. So when when the what if goes away or what abouts go away, I guess all we'll have left is, you know, he was trying to buy NBC and now <laughs> you know, and now the, the, the Umar take, he was sitting on oil in his Massachusetts mansion. Um, Listen, man. <laughs> yo, yo, had, yo, yo, he didn't say that. He didn't say that. You ain't showing that, Jimmy? Yo, I thought, man, I don't know where Austin be at, man. I see Austin doing our show. Other than that, Austin be, Austin, I don't know where Austin be at, man. I think Austin worked for the CIA now. All I'm saying is, man, they had the free, yo. They had the free, they had the free meal to kill Bill, man. <laughs> free meal. To kill Bill. Shout out to Umar. Yo, B, you got to look that video up, man. Yeah, my man said Bill was sitting on oil in his Yo, driveway of his Massachusetts mansion, and that's why they hemmed him up for real, for real. I can't. Yo, do it but, but, but no, but listen, though. Here's the funny thing, Austin. There's actually some truth, there's some truth to it. The problem is yeah. when you take, like, partial truths and you just expound upon them to a next level. Man. But he's not completely lying, but he's, uh, what I say, Dev, he's on the, the Dowson reach. Like you take half truth. Yo, shout you take out half to truth. Great video game. Yo, <laughs> you take a half truth and just get your stretch on. You I think what, what he but, meant you know, was yo, yo. Bill had an old jalopy in his driveway and it leaked some oil, and it was yo. an oil stain on the driveway. <laughs> like, like no, but whatever it shoot. is, man. Like Bill Cosby is in jail because Bill Cosby, yo, you know. Yo. Can't do right when it comes to the ladies. Yo, and, you know, y'all going, y'all, 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 on, y'all, y'all moved on. I'm, I'm still flabbergasted and dumbfounded by, cause y'all know, like, on the low, there is some things that Umar has said that I kind of, I kind of rock with, yo. But yo, man, yo, every, yo, say, every at this month, point, every month, he's embarrassed me month. so much. Yo, I'm so embarrassed, man. I'm they got a whole Twitter thread going on right now that's like disrespecting him, laughing at. Yo, I'm not embarrassed at all. I'm completely entertained. This is amazing. Umar got that fire. Yo, I spent I spent several hours today. Shout out to my brother Hank, man. I spent several hours today being unproductive because of a a link pause that Hank sent with like you know which Dev was just ready getting ready to describe with these like little. Snippets of videos where he said crazy things and it was utterly amazing. Utterly amazing. I mean, it's, it's definitely entertaining, but my embarrassment comes from the nah, fact that I used to rock with dude hard. Like, I, I, yeah, I, I, yeah. I well, tell next. We don't, we don't, nah. we don't stood up in debates. I don't know whether in tandem, but definitely at certain points, I'm aware of what you have said in defense of the dude, and I'm aware of what I've said in defense of the dude, and I can't, yo, I can't. His next thing he could be telling the one hundred percent truth, but he messed it up, man. Credibility. Yo, but you, you, you can't, can't come back because the come thing about twenty twenty is people have so much, so many means to kind of expose all of their thoughts. There are people that you probably agree with historically that had takes that would probably make you look at them like, yo. Yo, I Jimmy, I can't. Know. And as long as they didn't have the means to go no, public, that's the what if. That's the what if. I don't know, won't hurt me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. Yo, I it's not about what if. It's not about what is. I'm just saying, like, yo, read some of Dr. King's writing some of his thoughts. You be like, you want to throw him away? You want to throw Malcolm away? Like, my whole point is, my whole point is, people just have. And he embarrassed me. Yeah, I mean, ain't nobody about it. 
Ain't nobody so about what, <laughs> All right, so it's about what becomes public then. If it, I, yeah, I mean, you, the stuff that you're talking about can't be proven. Like, I don't know what Malcolm and Martin was saying behind the scenes. And if no, I find I'm out saying, they had oh, a no, ton no, of I'm dumb not stuff about that behind the scenes. I'm me. talking about if you, actually, if you actually go and look at their writings, some of their thoughts. Yo, so this is, this is a, this is a book from oh. um, the Honorable Marcus Messiah Garvey. Oh. When half of the book, I'm like, yo. Yo, this book that I love to the left of me in our studio is comparing <laughs> Umar <laughs> No, I'm not comparing Umar. And, I'm not comparing Umar. I'm, I'm saying that. Yo, I just put I'm, it like no, this, man. What I'm saying you know, is, I, I definitely don't get my, my my 52 for 52 on like you, but I'm I'm I'm, I'm I would call myself well read, and I haven't read stuff yet from those guys. Yo, that just made me yo, like, yo, this dude is Umar, a dickhead. Yo, like, yo, yo, Malcolm believed. Yo, Malcolm believed that white people came from aliens, cuz. <laughs> That's silly. But is it the same? Yo, he said they was made in the lab. Well, yo, they was made in the lab, like by aliens. Like, uh, never mind, man. Let's let's keep going. Like, I don't want to talk about it. Yo, I'm not trying Omar, to my Omar God. said they threw rape charges at yeah, the pills. That, but that's the thing, Jim. Like, he had oil like, in his driveway. You still would have to come yo, with a driveway, lot more for me to be embarrassed. By, like, we are crafted by aliens of two different... Yo, that's on the same... It took a lot that, for me man. to be embarrassed by Umar, man. I, I hung yo, on for a very long time. So, yo, you know, yo, you got to come yo, with a whole lot more. We don't even get embarrassed. I'm not comparing... We don't even get embarrassed. That's not fair to anybody. But what I'm saying is... In real time, yo, my man said that they was crafted by aliens, man. Like they they not even human. They really are crafted by aliens, which is why they're so evil. Like what like? that's what along like? the same lines. What, what, in terms of conspiracies <laughs> and craziness, more likely Bill having oil under his crib or them being crafted by aliens. Yo, but, that's but, what but we saying, ain't man. even. But we ain't. But that even, ain't the crazy one, man. We ain't even at the 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 Bill having oil. We at sent. Fifty chicks at Bill because he had oil under his driveway. <laughs> Yo, uh, hold on though, dog. Ellie, no, I don't know, man. I'm just, I'm just hurting, Jimmy. Like I may or may not have participated in a GoFundMe um, Yo! at some point in my life. No, no! <laughs> I may or may not have. Now it's coming out. Now it's coming out. No, no, because now you know what? Coming out. No. I was so in defense of him about that. I really didn't like people clowning the ball about trying to build a school and all of that kind of stuff. Like, like it's, it's embarrassing to me now. It's kind of like, come on, guys. No, like, but you know, here's the crazy part, though. All right, on the crazy part, on the crazy part, all, all of his talk aside, he actually did get the school. And, I, I, and again, right. not That's even what I'm defending him just tooth and nail. I mean, he got a building. This is just facts. The, fact, the, fact, the fact is, he can still be trying to do right, just, but he can have, like, crazy thoughts. Like, he can have those crazy thoughts, but it doesn't negate from the work he was trying to do and the work that oh, he's actually know, done. Yeah, I know, I know, know, I know multiple people. In the hood, but come on, man. I, know, I know multiple we people, including a, a close friend of mine, whose who, who son he actually helped. Who they tried to put him be, in, like, you know, um, they tried to put him in. And I don't, I don't doubt any of that. That's not the parts I'm embarrassed about, Jimmy. There had to be a reason I was defending the dude in the first place. You're giving me... I get that. that. Oh, you're preaching no, no, no. to the what choir. I, this is why is, I was Team Umar. But now, no, what I'm saying is, me. you can't. You gotta ignore that stuff, man. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I'm trying, man. I've been trying. I've been trying, man. Oh, but it's like, man. Keep no, it's that, like, yo, know, it's like, it's like Tyson Fury hands, man. Like, <laughs> just keep hitting me, man. Like, yo, 
Listen, man. I'm trying, listen, man. Mike Tyson. Speaking of, like, like, let's relate, <laughs> let's relate this to sports. Mike Tyson has done said and 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 and, and said some of, regurgitated some of the most ignorant, nonsensical, crazy stuff, and I'm still going to defend him. Yo, you yeah, buy, but yo, Jim, you that's buy, not that's not the same though. Because yeah. at what point did I'm we? Or, I speak for myself. What point did I ride with Mike Tyson as a pillar? In the African American activism community, like I've never done that. Mike Tyson has always been entertainment to me, whether no, he was punching somebody or telling somebody that I'll make you love me by smashing him in his butt. Whatever he was doing was entertainment. <laughs> yo, yo, all I'm saying is, is how we you, get still, for our you still music. can be a pillar. You still can be a pillar in the community and have hotep thoughts. That's all I'm saying. You can you can be hotep out if you mean well. Is all I'm saying. But that's the thing. Even if, even us describing that as Hotep is like is embarrassing to the to the movement. Like that's what we look at now. Like that's how people describe that. That's them Hoteps. Like before you, know, you hotep, say Hotep, hotep and it wasn't it wasn't disrespectful. Now, yeah, it was. Now you disrespect them by somebody by saying Hotep. I mean, not you, those, not those you. I'm just talking about people look at that as some clown. Oh, stuff I'm now. about to say. I'm about Dude. to say it's actually in, it's, it's written in sports the book. Hoteps get slandered in the first chapter. So it's documented from this side. But the point All is, right, I, and the funny thing is, I got a lot of I got a low a lot of Hotepian friends. Like I, I bang with the Hotep's because I find it entertaining. Some of it I agree with. And the, and the thing is, it's not just him. Like you know how I started feeling when these dudes was on on social media beefing with each other. I'm like, yeah. All right. Listen, and, listen, and, listen. and like you said, I'm I agree. You. Like I'm people have always out. not agree. People have called each other names, but it gets like you know they make we, we, videos we about, each about each other, animated videos about each other. Like it's the only crazy. thing that has changed, the only thing that has changed is technology. Before they would write letters to the paper and just go completely ham on each other. I'm talking about Yo. W.E.B. whose birthday just passed. Um, so your man to the, used to be, uh, you know, to the used to be on Breakfast Club, and I used to be like. I used to be hype, and my my wife wasn't yo. even. She used to be on some. Eh, I don't know, and I used to be like going at her. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. the man. No, my thing is. Now I'm like, you right, true. man. That's all. All I'm saying, is, all I'm saying is, it could it could be both Uchi Wally and one Mike. Both I'm things can be true. That's all I'm saying. It definitely is, but I'm just embarrassed by the Uchi Wally. You call you call with the whole eat the eat the fish and spit the bones out. But you lose your balance because there's got to be a spirit. Eat, eat the fish, spit the bones out, meaning the things that are crazier that you don't bang with, you spit out and you value the, the, the yes. fish itself. It has to be so that way. Mom fish ain't got no bones. I don't eat that. Shout out to Mom fish. The only reason, the only reason I feel like it has to be that way is from someone who, like, you know, study the people that they consider are no, leaders, although that's, bound, that's debatable, too. There's, there's a ba- they there's all a balance, have had wild, no, crazy they, no, thoughts. No, 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 like, they, they all have had wild and crazy thoughts, and but there's a balance, and there's a spirit behind that balance, right? So if you've said one or two wild and crazy things as a human being, you're human. Okay, cool. Umar, for every good thing he says... Umar is out in left field talking about Yakub and the aliens on the on the other side. It's like there's no balance in what he's doing. And, no, and, because and, because again, again, but are we judging someone by just some of the crazy things they say or their actions? Because again, you know, 
what are we oh, talking what about? You say, what really, you we say? Were, what, you we were like some of the only people that believed in his actions. They was clowning his actions when, when yeah, I was defending yeah. That's one of the Yo, things that we did. But they were trying to do something to make a difference. And the whole time they like, oh, y'all really think something being built? Y'all really sending money to this dude? Here's what I'm saying. What I'm saying about his actions, right? I like I can I can personally attest because like I know people and I I've, I've spoken on panels with Umar like I, I know I know the work that he's done I can speak to that but at the same time I also can speak to the to, to the madness that he says sometimes which is entertaining but again you have to be able to do, uh, whatever Des analogy is bones fish whatever I think B Austin said it whoever said it no, you got to do that you got to do that I told that him I, I told him Jimmy I told him Maul fish ain't got no bones. I ain't got to worry about that. Yo, yo, Maul is a legend on the fish game, but we're going to get to that in a minute because Maul got to get into a segment about how great the his fish is. Second podcast Maul getting his fish shot out. Yo, real out quick. Like, real fish shot out. The re- but the, re- the reason I say that is because to me, in looking at the whole thing, the only thing that's changed is the medium. But this no, thing has existed uh, no. forever. It has. It has. But listen, no, we, just had a, we just had a whole conversation Let me go bounce. Let me go bounce. I'm going to use us as the analogy. We, we hit people with some hot takes and hyperbole, but you can't Not define really. us. You can't define us <laughs> by that because what we're defined by is the objectivity, the analysis, and the ability to make you laugh more than one. Umar has put himself in a position where he can no longer be defined defined by by the credible things that he does because he does so much stuff that knocks his own credibility. Like, and listen, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with you, but the fact that it matter is that's going to be that way regardless because there's always, first of all, you can't please everybody. Believe it. No, he's he's not not trying to please everybody. He still still, still had enough people. He still has a huge following, right? And I'm not, and I'm not saying that I agree with, like, you know. 50% oh well, Jimmy, no. I mean, we're not gonna sit here and act like it ain't a bunch of morons in the world who believe every boy got a he said. There's a there's a ton of people out there who believe that the video they were watching was Kobe Bryant's helicopter going down, no, and that it was a conspiracy. Like a ton of people that believe absolutely. that, whether he said it but, or no, not. No, but my, but my point is, if you can move a mass of people, what becomes so, so again, now, now we're talking about morals. What, what's morally right? What's morally wrong? Well, how do you define what's right and what's wrong, right? Because if you can move a mass of people to believe whatever it is you want to believe, who, who's to say what's what? But I don't want to get that deep. All I'm saying is, yo, Jimmy, you Hindu? If we if we if we if we, if we use the same scale that we're judging him with everybody, everybody looks shaky, baby. That's all I'm saying. Everybody, there's not one know. single person. I don't think there's a lot we of people that I held go, in high esteem is, as I did him. So, yeah, I don't subscribe is, to that. We it might be unfair, but there's go. a higher bar set for some people. And maybe yeah. it was me. Maybe I fell for it. But nah, yeah, got, I, I don't so you know. All I'm, all I'm got saying you. is you've, you got been able to be, you've, been, you've been able to be exposed to his madness with the medium that makes you say, damn, what the hell? If I took all of the, the crazy thoughts that someone else that you may have put in that same pedestal and I put them all at one and say, yo, take a look at this, you would, they would look crazy in the light. That's all I'm saying. And I probably would be telling so you the, the same thing. I'm embarrassed by them. No, you probably no, you might, you might be. You might be, but, I, but that's the way, you, the, way, the, your, the way you take that is, yo, uh, F him too. No, because you make that argument all the time. Like, well, everybody else too. Okay, then it's the same for every everybody else. It's, it's not. not it's not like I'm gonna no, say. No. It's not like I'm gonna say. Oh, change. 
Like, yeah. I, and, and like I'm, no, like, and I get that, I'm embarrassed and I get by Umar, that, but, but then that, try to defend Malcolm X way, if you found like 30 crazy things that he said. Like, oh, I can I, find I'm not going to defend him. I'm that, like, Malcolm was a wacko. And I'm different. I'm like, he's different than I thought he was. He was a wacko. So I'm going to, like, kind of. It just I'm makes you think about the stuff that you thought. do believe. You know what I mean? It makes you think a little change. more about But this is this is what this is why not going back to our show. This is why you shouldn't make people heroes, why why you shouldn't look up to people the way that the, the society does now. Because there everybody has these things. It's just some people's stuff is brought to light because of the entertainment value. But what I'm saying is as 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 people have been whitewashed and time goes on, a lot of times we forget the crazy things that they've done or said. And you you look at that as like yo well if I if I hold him to that standard and he's crazy then F O H to him too, and um be often there's a balance be often you're right but see even with the balance though, like you're saying yo, that other other people this. don't have they so have you a better balance value, in you terms of value, value you can find value in in and you you could say that Hitler may have done some good things. But by now you're and going large, too far. I'm gonna tell you why you're going too far. Oh, I'm going you're too far. No, 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 no. Only because of the name you use, Only because of the name you use, man. You trying to mess up my business connects. All I'm saying is this. <laughs> He's a monster. I, I, let's, let's, let's put it like this. Let's put it like this. I've learned a lot Yo. from crackheads in my lifetime. Now, now, obviously, <laughs> you know, but I learned a lot from them. Yeah, we all do. You saying? Yo, if you Yo, be awesome with be awesome with extreme with the with the. <laughs> with the analogy, just like just like this morning, I'm arguing with a white gentleman. Of course, it's it's about Colin Kaepernick. So he he hits me with the analogy, you know, just because he he was like drug dealers give out money and food to the people in their neighborhood too. Does that make them noble? I'm like, damn, like that's a little extreme, like because Colin Kaepernick has never, you know, been close to violating the law drugs. or anything like that. So how does he, you know, because he's protesting unjust treatment of black people, how does he get lumped in with an analogy with drug dealers? I like, that that really didn't do a little extreme. All right, man, let's um <laughs> let's uh let's get into some sports. Yo, we all you gotta there, give like, me that bar one more time so I can use that again. You said something about chicken and fish. How'd that go again? <laughs> eat, the, eat the fish, spit the bones out. Okay, y'all like that. Uh, I like that. That's see, but that's, 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 that's I don't wanna keep getting into this, but that's what I've been doing. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, I but I then know. it's like now it's like every time you take a bite, it's just bone, bone, bone. There's too many bones in this fish. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's bone. Bone, it man. ain't no bones. It's all bones. <laughs> it ain't no. It ain't no more fish. Nah. it's all bones, dog. <laughs> I guess to me, I'm saying, yo, Dev, it is still fish there, dog. Yo, stop. It is oh, fish, man. me. Oh no, it's still no. Fish. It's, I know, it's, I know, it's still fish there, man. People just gotta stop showing me the bones, man. Paul. No. I'm going to money for the school, and this cat came out and said they killed Pill because of oil. Under his, yo, yo, man, they had to. They, had to, let, they, they had, had to let Meek only got out because they was about they to lock They had the free meal to kill Bill, man. They had the free meal to kill Bill. And with that, 23 minutes into this program, I know a lot of y'all done already turned your radio off. <laughs> We're going to talk about some sports, man, and the hot topics in sports are brought to you by my bookie. Well, Room Family, real quick, you can make tons of money sports betting at my bookie. The NBA and NHL post-All-Star stretches are upon us, so if you still haven't checked out my bookie, this is the perfect time to do it. Lay down some cash on the biggest games in sports. You can join us and thousands of other online players placing bets 
at mybookie.ag. If you guys are tired of getting excuses when it's time to collect your dough, we urge you to try MyBookie. You win, they pay. Fast, no hassle. You're basically wasting your time betting anywhere else. They even have in-game live bets so you can place wagers after the game starts. So join now. MyBookie will match 50% of your first deposit up to $1,000. Use the promo code WARROOM, all caps, to activate this offer. Visit MyBookie.ag today. Play, win, and get paid. Nothing else to it. <laughs> Scab you in the, in the chat room like, balls. I know. We're talking a lot of bone talk. <laughs> All right. So, uh, look, man, I, I, I mentioned this in the intro a little bit. You know, the fight that we talked about last week, Tyson Fury versus Deontay Wilder Part 2, or Deontay Wildenberry, as B. Austin unaffectionately calls him. Um Oh, man. Wow. That's all all I have to say is wow. Because I think if I can remember the conversation correctly, I think all of us thought that I mean I mean and it's easy to think that because the dude was undefeated at the time. I think everybody kind of thought that no matter how much Tyson Fury beat this dude up, because we all did agree that he was gonna outbox him again, that at some point he was gonna get that right hand in there. And, and change the dynamic of the fight. Well, he never got a chance to do that. And Tyson Fury was not just interested in outboxing him. He laid the hands of God on this dude. The fight yeah. had to be stopped. He figured, he <laughs> figured it out. They, had to, they threw the guy so Tyson Fury won by TKO in round seven. What did y'all think about this fight? I, I, just want, I just want everybody listening to go back to the last show and listen to my analysis of the fight because I actually called this. Not that I know boxing, because I usually pick every fight wrong. But I said, you know, I feel like he's going to knock uh, Wilder out. But I told y'all at the end of that, I can't pick that, though, because, you know, other other influences. But, um, <laughs> yeah, because Black History Month. But I month. did say he was going to knock him out. And, you know, yeah, and the world definitely did like his it. part to get everybody on his side. He walked out the tunnel to a bunch of Black History pictures. I mean, I don't know about the Shredder costume that he had on that we will talk about, because he kind of tried to use that as an excuse of why he lost. Um, yo, he a bunk, huh? Yo, he, he actually said that his 40-pound costume made his legs weak. So he was already dealing with weak legs by the time he got yeah, to the weak ring. Legs, um, you a weak legs, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not <laughs> doubting that, you know, after a quick fitting or a sizing, this could have been the first time that you actually wore this thing. But come on, man. In sports history, have you ever heard a weaker excuse? Can we come up with our <laughs> top three excuses? Boy's excuse. I mean, I'm yo. sure if we dug, we could find one, but right off the top. I'm about to say, the first thing that comes to mind is, um, what's the boy that was fighting Floyd, uh, uh, um, Mosley? When my man oh, came into okay. the fight and was like, yo, I was, I was dog tired. Like, yo, that was the second round, though, B. Like, man, how do you train oh, for a Did you see the buns? Did you see the buns rolling around with? I did. I did. You might have been. You might have been. Speaking of that, we got to. Do we have to keep it in sports, though? Because we got to comment in our chat real quick. No, no, no. The comment in our chat is from Casey Mack. And Casey Mack said, if you notice, Wilder had his girl around him a lot, and she was in a lot of the photos, like, leading up to the fight. So he was getting some cutting. You went, you went um, in a training camp with your girls around. She I don't even there, remember. I know, I know, I know that. that Fury. I know Fury was mocking him 
when they showed him on like a split screen. Oh, he when was, he was like, hugged up with his, his chick. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, and come on, let let let's be real right here. Let's be real for a minute. And I'm not, I'm not granting the dude these excuses at all. But let's be real. Like how many of y'all? And I know they were on camera. But if they did it on camera, they'd probably do that in private. How many of y'all can sit with your chick, you know, hugged up like that, you know, with her leg damn near draping over you, like, for more than, like, 15 minutes before something jump off? <laughs> like, like, yeah, come like, on, man. You I've been So, like, if she's doing the same thing to him off camera that she's doing on camera, then he probably did get some yeah. before the fight. But that's his mistake, yeah, if, if that's yeah. the case. I can't give it to him as an excuse because you know you know better. You was what, 41, yeah. 42 and 0? You know better. So, but but he might have started believing his own hype. Jimmy, remember, he had one of the hardest quotes ever that, that Jimmy repeated on the show a couple of times leading up to the fight. These dudes got to be perfect for 12 rounds. I got to be perfect for what? What did he say? 12 seconds? Oh, two seconds? Yeah, and, Whatever and he I said. Think- but I think it was hard. It was a hard ass quote, and it was true up until this moment. So he might have taken that so seriously that he did things before fights that he wasn't supposed to do. He wore yeah. thirty oh, pound costumes down to the ring. I normally don't do interview with women unless I fornicate with them. <laughs> fornicate, fornicate. Come on, man. So you shouldn't talk That's to anyone. So she wanna, you know, I'm thirty six years old. <laughs> Mike is Mike is still a black leader, man. Yo, but you have to if you have that weapon and you're like 44 and 0, and you know you have that weapon, that's what separates the greats from the goods. Like, because a good fighter is like, yo, I could just rely on this. You know, what I mean, I get into a scrap. Great fighters still gonna work hard as hell. Great fighters are going to work on everything else to make sure that you know if that doesn't land. I still have Plan B. Um. You know, so we'll see what happens. But also, the other, the mark of a great fighter is when something like this happens to you. How do you respond? Yeah, no, so we won't get to great. see that for a while. I'm gonna keep it a keep it a hundred. He's not great. I'm not calling because him great. I'm not calling no, him great. No, I know you're what not. I'm I know you're not. I'm just saying. Here, saying if there's any, if there's any chance that he can prove it, it's now. Yeah, exactly. With this rematch clause. Yep. That Yo, that, that, that Fury's can is trying to get him not to use. They don't even want to fight, dude, no more. They like it's too easy. <laughs> I, I think Fury wants uh, Joshua right now. Yeah, they want that. So Wim- they, they want that Wembley Stadium bag. Yeah, exactly. So they're trying to get dude not to take the fight. While every boxing fan is out there talking about how big this bag is going to be, I, I, I'm, I'm with Jimmy. I don't. I still don't think that's going to compare to what they're going to do in their homeland at at, at a at a Wembley oh Stadium. Oh my god. <laughs> Oh my God! <laughs> and and for real, that's gonna be but after the way he destroyed make so the much boy break. Deontay, I might even pay. I might even think about paying for it. Probably not, but I'll think about it. Yo, if I'm Deontay, <laughs> I'm like, look, I'll back out, but you gotta give me a cut of what y'all getting at Wembley. <laughs> y'all gotta give me some of the gate. <laughs> yo, yo, I'll back out for 15 percent of what y'all about to get over here because got a back out a back out buyout clause. Yeah, yeah, so it, it was great. it was it was crazy. Like it was, man. Because uh, we we spoke about how we thought he was, you know, Fury was dominant in the first fight until, you know, the bomb landed. And you would figure if anybody had some learning to do in between the fights, it was Deontay Wilder. So he wouldn't have to get into a desperate situation 
whereas do or die with the right hand. Fury, you know, I, I mean, I thought he would be more of a defensive fighter just to not get hit with that left hand, but, you know, his respect levels for this dude were not where I thought they were. And I guess he just thought he was so bad of a boxer that I don't have to run around trying to dodge his right hand. I'm going to just beat the shit out of him. Excuse me. Or if I move forward this way, Damn. if I move forward this way, he can't really wind that right hand up either. Like you right, know what I'm saying? If right. I'm coming at him, so so you Jimmy, you saying he probably it, you know, he, realized, he like, probably gets it off realized, because people respect it too much. That's what you're saying? Yeah. What he realizes is, yo, he ain't got nothing else but that right hand. So if I just go right at it, he can't. Like, like, he ain't gonna hit me with nothing else. Like it's like when she run from it. What really? So happened. there were excuses that everybody no. else was trying to give him. Um, he was bleeding from his ear during the fight. Um, and, you know, the the commentator said, man, that looks like he might have a busted eardrum or burst eardrum. So, so the fans ran with that. So everybody I know who's a Wilder stand the next morning, they were talking about eardrums and equilibrium. And y'all wouldn't be able to fight if you got your eardrum busted and your equilibrium was off. And then they found out <laughs> it was just a two centimeter um, um, laceration in his ear that was stitched up with six or seven stitches. So there was no eardrum, there was no equilibrium problem besides, you know, whatever he did in the in the CTE category. Um, but it was no off equilibrium because of a busted eardrum. So that excuse had to go out of the window. And then that's when Wilder started coming out with his own excuses. Man, my legs was were tired because the costume I had on was forty pounds. Like, that's nobody's fault but yours. Even if it was true. That's nobody's fault nah. but yours. Your I man heard, got carried to the I ring. Heard. So who's smarter? <laughs> yeah, that's true. He wasted no energy. I heard that uh, Wilder lost because um, he tried to buy OnlyFans, so he wasn't going to let that happen. <laughs> he got oil in his driveway. <laughs> so they came for him. They came for him. So speaking of a part three, do, do y'all, do, is there any chance for Wilder? Or we're still going to say – there's always a chance because of exactly. how hard he hits. But yep. is there a serious chance for him outside of that? Can he learn to box in his 43rd oh. bout? No, at his – Because that's the, that's I think the now thing, everybody's right? talking about ch- changing cornermen and what, getting what? Uh, a titan of the game, you know, what? a Richardson, a Roach, uh, 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 you know, Stewart, somebody what? that can help him. Is that, what can makes that help? What makes great – what makes the greats great? And we and we it was alluded to earlier. What makes the greats great as a pugilist in the sweet science is your ability to strategize, your ability to employ tactics, and your ability to adapt within your technique. Right? Oh, don't got no technique. It ain't no technique to throw. Yeah, but but that's the reason. Yo, it ain't no technique. That's, Yo, that's the reason you spend that bread and get somebody know, to come in. Y'all know, Yo, how much I hate, seen, y'all know how much I hate the boy Floyd. Floyd is the only boxer that I can remember as an adult observing and watching him fight someone that was actually his speed or maybe a little faster. And he adjusted. Like, he literally adjusted his style in bout. Yo, Wilder has a, is a one-trick pony, man. And that trick is yeah, but, amazing. But listen, though. Uh, but, Floyd, but Floyd was a so master Floyd adjuster. also had training. Yo, Roger and Floyd Senior. Roger and Floyd Senior are hella trainers too. Like they get paid from other cats yeah. to train them. Like, 
So there's actually their name on the list you, too. I'm pretty sure you know that in boxing, when you get one of those top upper echelon trainers, it makes yeah. a difference. I've seen Freddie Roach in the bull and have fighters on the cards where it's like you gotta yo, have some dudes are like yo. I've seen Freddie Roach have dudes that are mechanics. And they'll get in there and, and <laughs> just because of – and I don't even understand how Freddie Roach, like, he must just be, like, bright as hell because he's – oh, So you're saying you saw Freddie yo, have yo. people fight against um, Roy, Roy Jones? Yo, yo you, you missed no, but, you just did Austin. You ain't, you ain't itch for that, what you just did, Austin. I heard that, by the way. Yeah, I, I heard that. I heard that. Let's not use Freddie Roach as an example. What's the other boy? Scabby said, like said in his defense, he put a bunch of icy hot on his legs before a basketball game. His legs were shot. <laughs> <laughs> well, icy hot is supposed to numb. <laughs> like, that's all, again, I'm blaming that on you. Like That's your fault, Scabby. <laughs> Yo, so you got an upper echelon trainer. Like, it could make a difference. That's all I'm saying. Those but, dudes do make a difference. Uh, but those cornermen make a difference. My only thing is, could it make a difference in one fight? Like you just, well, however long they would have to train. No, for he that gonna fight. need. He gonna need a tune Because you know what? Wilder stands lean on the fact when people, you know, even before he lost, when people were like, "Yo, he can't box this and that," they lean on the fact that he didn't start fighting until he was twenty. So they like, you know, yeah. he's had a great sure. career for somebody who doesn't have the fundamentals, didn't fight till he was twenty. So it's like that could actually be a curse, especially now yes. because okay, you didn't start till you were twenty, and you're gonna wait till your forty third bout to try to you know learn how to actually box. Right. And hey, well, listen, if that's the case, if that's the case, he's he already an overachiever. So you're, you're he's already already yeah, he's definitely an old. Oh, he's definitely an overachiever. I, I I would never disagree with that. Um, but it's you know it's, I mean it's it's kind of the Roy Jones thing. Like he can't. It's not his fault. Who was in that division at the time of his dominance? Um, <laughs> it is his fault that he hits like a mule kick. Um, Yo, Roy Jones still just, fights in twenty twenty though. Yeah, Roy Jones. Roy Jones, when he's said and done, like his record gonna be five hundred. Like he's really ruining it for himself. Yo, Roy Jones um, is gonna die in the ring, and I hate to say that. <laughs> no, it, I thought it happened once, but he got up eventually. <laughs> Yo, what he, he didn't get up then. When he he left the ring. He left the ring dead. Somebody, yeah. plenty, plenty somebody resuscitated him. Plenty of people have come back to life. So Roy Jones had a fight, and I always joke that it was in Shelton. But yo, he had a fight literally where there was an escalator going up in the background. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. Remember that was the way in. Like, he yo, was he... in a mall with his drawers on, getting weighed in. <laughs> there were people coming down. And I remember the scene that Jimmy's talking about. I clown people who like Roy stands about it all the time. Yo, people Yo, riding down the escalator mall, with shopping bags, and they were like looking, like, like, why is this dude standing here, like, flexing his arms with his drawers on in the mall? Yo, that's your <laughs> man, Austin. Yo, you're, yo, you're yeah, that was that's, that's awesome, man. No. That was the dude. Yo, so yeah, so would y'all be? What would you be more interested in seeing at this point, Fury Joshua or Fury Wilder Part Three? Yo, um, Josh. Y'all like, I'm, yeah, Joshua. Bring something new in here. Scotty said, I know Rocky is fictitious, but he switched up to Southpaw after a loss to Creed. <laughs> there you go. I thought Rocky was always Southpaw. They they switched him up to make him fight correctly. 
Either, either way, oh, sorry, either way, this could, this could be thinking. a Rocky story. I mean, Wilder could be Rocky. You know, Clever whooped his ass, and then he got a new trainer, and Creed came back, learned how to box. They taught Rocky how to box in one fight, so you know, maybe they could teach Deontay. And and if you remember, right when Rocky was fighting, I think that was Clubber, when he was getting all fancy, he had his woman at his camp and all that. Yep. You know what I mean? What is that? He was shining. He was, he was training he in a uh, he was training in a hotel lobby. Yeah, yep. He had to take it back to the basics. Taking taking pictures. He was taking pictures with chicks for the gram while he's supposed to be training. Yeah, a lot of stuff. Yep. He, he was drunk. He was drunk. So yeah. So if he get the creed, I mean, if he get a new trainer. Him and Freddie Roach go out to the beach and race. Pretty sure Deontay would win Yo, that. Um, I'll pick the Yankees. I know you about to draw. <laughs> I knew it had to be something about that. I'm trying to set him up with another alley oop, but um, anyway. Yeah, I know Dev out here on this J Kid joint, like. So uh, yeah, man. So we'll see what happens, man. A lot of, lot of. Excuses came from that fight. Before we talk quickly about this Kobe and Gigi sure. ceremony, we go to the phone lines. We got the homie Tobias waiting on the line. Tobias, what's going on, good brother? Hey, what's going on, fellas? What up, though? Tobias. Hey, Tobias. Be all. They had the free. They had the free meal to kill. Hello, management. Tobias. Shout out, brother. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> we here. We in there. Hey, I was gonna say. Did you that, see the fight, uh, Tobias? Did you see the fight? Yes. It, we, we we have officially excommunicated Deontay Wilder from the great state of Alabama and sent him to I was about to say, he, he a homeboy. <laughs> for you. All right. We excommunicated <laughs> him. Y'all rode that man for 42 bouts. I watched Game of Thrones. Hey, when y'all watch Game of Thrones, we had him. We all yelled shame at him. If y'all won't. <laughs> <laughs> but here's the thing. It's like. I figure Fury will win because he's a better boxer. Because what happens is Deontay Wilder was banking on being, oh, he's going to be afraid of me. I don't hit him that one time. But what if it doesn't work? He's the Houston Rockets of boxing. Well, plan A doesn't work, he ain't got a plan B. <laughs> you know, he's trying to make plan A work. Yeah. And so he got whooped. And here's the thing. Saw a rematch clause, bro. He need to take a year or two off to just get his skills <laughs> up before he even get back in the ring with this guy. And, uh, because what happens is, it's, it's like I always use the NBA as an example, where people talk, "Oh, these guys are so much more athletic," blah blah blah. But besides LeBron, most of your great, your best players are not like super athletes. They use skill. Skill will be athleticism nine out of ten times. Come with that skill comes smarts. Wilder, all he did was depend on his athleticism and his power. And when it didn't work, he had nothing. Yeah, I mean, you know, plus he had oil in the driveway, so he wasn't going to let hey, him win. All I know is that Joshua and Wilder, oi, governor, you want to meet in Wembley? You know, I don't know, man. <laughs> but um, oh, yeah. they, hey, who knows? Tw- 21 Savage may walk him out there to the ring. Who knows? That, <laughs> you know, be, that. Yo, that, that right there, that's an underrated 21. joke, and that would be hilarious. Well, we know Tyson Fury ain't walking nowhere, so. <laughs> my man like uh, my man like Prince Nassim. <laughs> he's either coming on a magic carpet or he got some some snitches carrying. Him. So hey, yeah, I know one thing. I'm I'm I'll go to a couple of supercuts and sports clips. See, they got that picture of Wild. I mean, uh, Fury on the wall. Uh, 
you know, but uh they will. you know, the white barbershops, they, they probably got it up. But you know, one thing I you the know, the NFL we got the, uh, Muhammad Ali standing over Sonny Liston. <laughs> yeah, we got Tyson Fury standing over Wilder. You know they you know there's a super and, uh but NFL right and this is where I gotta go let's be honest segment right here, fellas. I hear all these teams going after Tom Brady, gonna kill themselves over Tom Brady. I know he has six Super Bowls. I know all that. But if anybody paid attention the past couple of years, his play all has declined. Maybe about the past four or five years as the season's gone on. And if you're banking on a 43-year-old quarterback, that's like a gamble. Okay, you sell some tickets, but in the NFL, you win, you're going to sell tickets anyway. It's unless you're the Chargers. But to me, that is a gamble for these teams to take. To bank on a forty-three-year-old guy, think he gonna come save the day? I mean, yeah, Yo, it's a few. He had, they claim that he has a few suitors now. They talk, you know, oh, yeah. the cowboy yeah. rumors. Now they talking New York Giants. I'm like, that's that's wild. If even if if that was tr- if that were true, that's kind of wild because damn Daniel, I, I think Daniel showed me enough. As a you know, as a fan of a God rival broke. team in the division, he showed me enough to have me shook for the next ten years, and that quickly. Like the Giants weren't good enough; like they were one player away, especially not a forty-two, forty-three-year-old Tom Brady. They weren't one player away, so I don't even know why that would be their rationale. But I think that's just fake news. Though. Because yeah. like, yo, real quick, um, we got a comment real quick from the chat. Casey Mack just wants to throw out there that. He thinks that they're going to fight again. Wilder's going to win. And we're not going to have a best of three. We're going to have a best of five. Oh, God. I don't, no. I don't see that shit, <laughs> You, you <laughs> want to lie, <laughs> man. <laughs> no. Hey, but you KG know what? I hope you're here. wrong this time. Yo, I really hope you're wrong. Fought, have two fighters ever fought five times? No. Nah. They, they wouldn't sell six tickets by the, a fourth fight. <laughs> nah, they <laughs> wouldn't. Yeah, I don't know why. You know what, though, but the thing, like you said, Daniel Jones is not a bad play. He has to grow. Tom Brady's not going anywhere unless they, it, he's a, a quarterback away. The Chargers don't have a good offensive line. Uh, the Colts, but does he want to live in Indy? They got a good, decent team. The Titans have a decent team. You know, are they going to be crazy and get Ryan Tannehill $30-something million dollars a year? You know, that's what Jimmy talks about. The quarterbacks wins that thing kind of get people going crazy. Uh, you know, then you got the media turning Teddy Bridgewater into Joe Montana all of a sudden, Dan Marino all together. You know, it just shows that finding a quarterback is hard, man. <laughs> you know, it is hard. It's and sometimes hard. you got to take what's there. Yeah, it, yeah. You know, but the, I, but the thing like, is, the thing is, like, the rumors. And, and I can't – if these teams aren't putting this out and it's just fake news, then you can't blame them for it. But if there's any truth to that, like – some of these teams seemingly have found their quarterback and, you know, their names are still coming up in these rumors. Like, as much as I don't think Dak is a world beater and B. Austin just think Dak is, is trash, you know, I don't agree with him um, on that front. Like, there's no way in hell that the Cowboys will be better. I mean, I can't prove it, but in my opinion, there's no way in hell the Cowboys will be better next season with Tom Brady you know, instead of that. Yeah. 
And, and that's my <laughs> like, thing because that's keeping it real. That, like, that ain't all that. But also, you're in a new guy with Brady. Also, he's been in the same system for twenty, probably twenty twenty plus years. He done things one way, one coaching staff pretty much, one voice. He has to go through this other team. And I think that's something that people don't think about because, like, for example, right, the only coach that has been honest is my guy, Bruce Arians. <laughs> he wants to move on, and I hope he does. But, you know, but he but he doesn't want to wait on a rookie quarterback because he's 68. So he has to take on a veteran guy. I believe, hey, you don't go that route, just go ahead and get a rookie quarterback and roll with it. Instead of trying to shoehorn a veteran in there, uh, that that I believe is that if the team if they were no free agents were that great, the teams would have kept them. <laughs> you know, I'm just going with that. Yeah. At, at least at, at least Belichick fought to keep Garoppolo. So you want to about, but at least Belichick fought to keep him. Saints after a while, it's like Drew Brees, you're forty some years old. If Teddy Bridgewater is that, they would have just moved on. Hey, you got a Super Bowl. Uh, Yo, here's you what know, I'll say. Um, I, you, it's the NFL. It's the quarterback position. So cats are going to take like crazy chances. You know what I'm yep. saying? That's go, that, that's just going to happen. Also, real quick, um, Casey Mack wanted to know that Marquez and Pac-Man um, fought four times. They fought like uh, yeah, they fought a time. bunch of times. Um, uh, tax money. Scotty says seems like Hearns fought Sugar Ray like twenty times. They they for tag looks like he fought them all twenty times. They, they they just fight they just fight them knockdown drag out fights. So it seemed like twenty times, but they only fought twice. Yeah, I know. Revisionist history is crazy. He's right. He's right about that. It did seem like they fought every two weeks. Yeah. I was saying they had them long saying? ass knockdown drag out. You know what I mean? Everybody getting beat up in the same fight type fights. And you know, and look at one thing, right? I listen to these, these Bucks fans talk about, well, James want this much money. I'm like, okay, so you think Teddy Bridgewater coming here for twelve million? You think Tom Brady coming here for twelve million? You think Phil Rivers coming here for twelve million? Either way it go, who matter you? No matter who you bring here, ain't a rookie. You have to pay this guy twenty five million dollars. <laughs> uh, yeah. Good, good, bad, and different. That's why I think fans don't get as well. And that's why I think if you like move on from a guy, maybe you're better off drafting somebody. But then you gotta look at the coaching staff to scheme. Like I said with Arians, he don't want to. You get a rookie quarterback, so I'm gonna end up with Ryan Tannehill and go pay him twenty five million. Is that you know, just how it is? Like you said, Jimmy with quarterbacks. Yeah, if if Teddy well, Bridgewater was on your list, y'all better just keep Jameis. See what that LASIK young, hitting for. So I, don't really, I was mad young, so I don't remember this. But the first time that uh, Hearns and Leonard fought, like this had to be like lit, like. Um, Sugar Ray was thirty and one, and Hearns thirty two and zero coming into the fight. Yeah. I know that was like, man, it had to be, Super litty. you know, yeah. That I think crazy. just that anyway. that that era in that division that was that was like boxing at its at its pinnacle. The Hearns, they fought everybody. Hagler, Leonard, Duran, like those dudes whole, in that division. This whole idea. Oh this whole idea of undefeated became like this thing, but that's like, yo, to me, that, you know, um, to quote B. Austin, to me, that denotes cowardice because you're protecting this undefeated record instead of getting there as like a gladiator. Like, you're going to take L's, but how you bounce back from them L's? Or, you know what? And I, you know, yeah. some will say Floyd is just better than everybody else because he's the only person that really comes to mind when he talks about undefeated stuff. So. 
Yeah. You know what the thing I mean, is? But, also, like y'all, y'all talking about those fighters, and I, they I don't think it was mess up his prime. legacy. But there were a couple of, you know, there were a couple of controversial Floyd Jones where he maybe he shouldn't have won, but he just yeah. started dominating okay. the division later on. <laughs> yeah, catch a yeah, cat either too early or too late. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and and that's the thing. Like Hearns, those guys fought in their primes. They didn't wait until one guy was too old or both guys were too old. They they gave they gave the public the fight back there. That's the one thing US UFC has, but they have no stars. Uh, and I'll say this yeah, before I run, wasn't a bunch of like run. running well, around and ducking for months or years at a time. And they just rumble. Yeah, hey, uh, uh, Tobias, the UFC has a star. He just got a criminal problem. <laughs> oh yeah, John Jones. <laughs> well, not even John. Well, that's the other one. John Jones was a star, but he can't stay off the drugs. And, drug and Connor is a, Connor, Connor is a McGregor star himself, but. He got his other issues. Like he can't stay out of yeah, trouble. Yeah, because Dana White didn't want him to get take that four fight because he knew that money Connor was gonna make. He like screw this. But uh, you know, but I I did talk about LeBron, like the whole the Kobe the Kobe uh, memorial. It was a great memorial. It was funny. I like some of the guys crack jokes, told stories, and it kind of like in a way. Like, I think they think like I think it was some I forgot who said like Shannon Sharp said it. It kind of made Michael Jordan kind of humanized. It made it look more human because he's been kind of closed yeah. off. And I think with Kobe Payne, you can see how those people took perspective how they lie. Like, even him, he said he wanted to treat people better, maybe apologize to a comedian there. But, uh, <laughs> you know, but. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, uh, what Mike said was, Mike basically was like, yo, what he said without saying is that I'm not a good parent, but now I want to be a better one. He didn't say it in those words. He was like, "Yo, yeah. I got younger he kids now, said, and I gotta this go home." Next generation of my kids gonna have it way better. Yeah, than yeah. Basically, he was like, <laughs> yeah. "You know, um, Junior, my bad, but now I gotta do better." Yeah, and, <laughs> and um, LeBron, right? I think, especially the face of the league, I'm not can't tell about the morning or whatever. Yeah, you know, and I can't, I can't tell my ever, but I would have just been there anyway because I don't want a story being about me with this stuff coming up. You know, it's just how our media is today because we got the same media that's saying Zion's the next Shaq after 12 games. Uh, <laughs> but I, I would have just shown up because I don't want it to be because the way this media is nowadays, they look for anything, any hot topic to talk about. I wouldn't want to even have to talk about that and try. It, I, don't, I don't think he want. I don't think he to do that. But you just know how this media is nowadays. Yeah. All right, man. Good B. Awesome back. I don't know the hell you doing, B. Um, all right, Tobias, we holler at you, man. I'll, I'll let you know if I hit that Bulls game on, hey, on Monday. Hey, um, by the way, it's going for a ride. You might want to um, call Uber instead, man. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. We holler at you next week. All right, homie. All right. So what? What? Um. What did you guys think about the the Kobe Memorial? And like we've seen celebrities get this, you know, televised memorial. And in comparison, like I think this one was very well done because they didn't overdo it. Like like Aretha Franklin's funeral went on for like twelve hours. Like Michael's probably was a little longer than this one. Um Whitney's probably was a little bit longer. This one for even, me, even I mean, uh, I guess because it happened a month ago, Nipsey they really already buried them. They yeah, just kind of made it quickly too. down to the point. They had the people talk Nipsey. they needed to talk. Yeah, yeah. It, it kind of seemed like Yo. this one 
they might have learned some lessons from from those joints before. Michael, uh, Jordan, Jordan, Jordan gave me the response that I would expect with him losing losing a child, like losing his firstborn. So I expected to see (laughs) Mike was like that's that he wanted to have acknowledged that Kobe was actually really his son and not them other two. Yeah, Mike. Yo, Mike. Mike bodied it. Yeah, y'all know Mike bodied it. That's bottom line. He definitely Mike, did. Mike, Mike bodied it. He did, and you know we we try to read people, we try to read body language and all that kind of stuff. Like I looked at as be looked at it as being one hundred percent genuine, one hundred percent sincere. Unless this dude is a hell of an actor, because as soon as he pulled out his notes, like the tears just start streaming down dude's face, like. You don't like you know that people are cool. You know that people talk, but you don't know that guys are this close until something like this happens, and they get to show you their emotion, whether they want to show you that or not. Because even Mike uh, joked about like now I'm gonna have to become a, a meme for another four years. Um, he gave him fresh material for the crying Jordan meme. But yeah, I think Mike, Mike bodied it. Um, even Shaq bringing a little bit of levity to the situation. Um, yeah. You know, telling little quips about Kobe that made everybody laugh in a time where people probably needed a laugh. And and Vanessa, like, I don't, I don't understand how she could even do it. So props to her. Yeah. And having enough strength to go up there and make a speech about losing well, two of the most important say, people in her life. I just want to say overall, I agree with your original point, which is that, um, it seems like I don't know whether they learned from previous celebrity, um, you know, send-offs, but this seemed to me done the right way. The timing was perfect. You know, I felt like it wasn't too short, but it wasn't too long. I mean, first off, yo, Kobe's a legend because you start off your job with Beyonce, like, and <laughs> I don't think cats recognize. Well, I mean, cats do recognize how big of a star Beyonce is. Like, Beyonce, as B. Austin used to use the term back in the day on the show, she moved the needle. To the point where, as I'm watching it, I'm on Twitter to see how people are talking about it. And what's trending on Twitter is, like, Kobe funeral, Kobe and Gigi, Vanessa, yada, yada, yada. Beyonce comes out and jumps number one worldwide on trending topic and stayed there the next two days. Just her showing showing her face. She's literally, and I know people hate this comparison, but she's the Michael Jackson of this generation. And I mean, her, she had to do it for she had to, to do it for the young buck funeral, though, because you know Kobe looked up to her. Dev made a point. So. Yo, Dev made a point. <laughs> yo, Dev made a point. He was like, "Yo, the boy took Brandy on his prom and then had Beyonce send him off and Alicia Keys like the boy <laughs> and, Alicia legend, Keys. Man, like, and Christina Aguilera. Like, yo, the boy legend, man. Like, you can blow too. You got to give it up, man. You got to give it up. The boy's a legend, man. So I think that was amazing. All he needed, all he needed was Rihanna in that bunch. And woo, yo, if Rihanna was this means, this means when this means when MJ die, they definitely gotta have Anita Baker singing at his funeral, right? If she's still alive, because they said boy, you sing Anita Baker in the locker room before the game. Yo, he loved Anita Baker. He may or may not. He gotta have Anita Baker singing at his funeral. He may or may not have a. Um, <laughs> I know. I'm about to say about Janet. I wonder if he's gonna have Janet. I wonder if he's gonna have Janet Jackson come through. Mike, Mike might have. Mike might have baked her. He might have baked her. But um. Hey, yo, <laughs> all you want to do is spend <laughs> some time with her. Don't even ask that. Yo, um, here's a 
the thing though, man. In B. Austin, you got a sidetrack with their Riri comment. You messed the whole conversation up when you bring her up. But um, the fact is though, it was an amazing service. Um, Michael Jordan completely bodied it because he gave you the the the, the mixture of, you know, like yo, this is my little bro, but also a little, little bit of levity with the joke. And the way mm-hmm. everybody looks at Mike, because we made jokes leading up to it, like, where Mike at? Where Mike at? Because Mike right. is, like, still from that generation where you don't show your face. He's, and even you know to the mean? point, and Jim, where he helped Vanessa off stage, I still didn't know he was going to speak. Me either. He either. was, you know, yeah. lending his presence, like, Although letting you people, know that I'm supporting my young boy. People took that picture and was like, this is the most legendary moment in sports history. Yeah, Look what's going on. I'm like, yo, he like, helped her off stage. He just right? helped her off stage, yeah. <laughs> like, come on. Get on some heels. Another thing I peeped you know. is I saw Mike Tyson in the crowd, so I'm like, yo, he got Tyson, Jordan. Only one of the mics is missing, and that's for Action. a reason we know why. You know what? What? what you know. um What impressed me, and and it's you know, if you look at the times, it might not be as impressive as I'm trying to make it, but there were actually dudes there, some of his contemporaries there that play in the league now, that had games in different cities the very same day. Yeah. The reason I said, you know, the times might make it less impressive because a lot of these dudes, it's easy for them to charter a private, you know, a private jet. Absolutely. So, yeah, right. private, yeah, it's not like they had to. It had to leave. <laughs> but but even, even if this was back in the day, the owner might have had to, you know, for, for Kobe, the owner might have had to let a couple cats hold the jet. And some of them might have been on their, on their team owner's jet. No, I know Byron Scott was going through it, though. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Byron, yeah. Byron played with the ball, coached the ball. Like, yeah, he's Byron got dog, got dog by the bull in practice. Maturation. Byron had like the snotty cry, like where it's like, "Yo, dude, wipe yourself <laughs> off, B." So why ain't let Snoop talk? Why Snoop ain't get to talk? Because Gail and Oprah put the call in. Snoop would have, Snoop would have been threatened anybody who disrespected on this day. Dog head. Yeah, man. Um, yo, so okay. Dope ceremony. It definitely was. Um, Skyview brought up something that Dog we were going to bring up and talk about. He said, um, how are you going to have a program without the parents or siblings, though? Um, my, my, we, we were going to talk about it a little bit different because phrasing it that way is like we don't necessarily know that they wanted to speak or, or do anything. My, my problem was besides Shaquille O'Neal, and I even missed it because my, my joint started glitching when, when Shaq was speaking. Um, but I heard that he was the only person that spoke that even acknowledged his parents and his sisters. You know what I'm saying? Like people went through this whole gamut of stuff, like champion, father, husband, this and that. But you know, nobody said son, you know, brother, uncle, and stuff like that. So it it, it was kind of weird considering we know that they had a, a bit of a tumultu- tumultuous relationship. But that's their son. That's their kid. There is no Kobe without them. So I, I doubt after all the stuff they went through that they would just want to pop up all of a sudden and speak in an arena of 19,000 people, you know, because we don't know what happened at the actual funeral. Maybe they got up and said a few things at the small ceremony. I don't, it's not weird to me that they didn't speak at this thing or, you know, I'm not, I don't know if they were asked or whatever, but it's not weird to me that they didn't. What's weird to me is that so many people lined up, went up there and spoke, and did not acknowledge Jelly Bean and, and Pain. That was kind of that was kind of yeah, disrespectful yeah. to me. But no matter what they were going through, that's not our business. Um, you know? 
a couple points. Casey Mack says he wants us to speculate on whether Kobe left him anything in his will. Um, but the second thing is, um, <laughs> we made a bunch of jokes. Like, as, as it kept showing them, and obviously they're grieving. And we're like making yeah. jokes to try to stop from crying. But we like, yo, it looks like they had no idea about this entire life that Kobe had. Yo, like, but the thing <laughs> is, it's jokes. But it kind of seemed like, I mean, but you know, it again, did seem that way. You, yeah, of course we got to throw this disclaimer out. You know, we're master body language readers. <laughs> so right, you're looking right, at right. Their, their face and their facial expressions. It really it really did seem like they, like, we, we do not know that the boy that we ended up raising. And it's not, it's not out of the question that they didn't. Like, they've been estranged from him for a very long time. So, listen, man, you know, I'm not even, they I'm don't not even know the adult code. From, I'm not even estranged from my mother, but the fact is I'm a grown man and she's a grown woman in her life. And, you know, we, 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 we talk every day and, and, you know, I see her, but I'm pretty sure if something happened to me and people in my funeral are talking about, oh, Jimmy Hulley, oh, yeah, you know what I mean? Or some Myra <laughs> step up. She'd be like, hold up. Yeah, Myra. But yo, so. He's the pappy in my baby. Only thing. I need a pappy. <laughs> he was the best tipper at the washi washi. No, my fault. But listen though, um, <laughs> here's what I'm saying though. All just oh. aside, and, sh- and shout out to Phil though, because Phil, Phil made it like a joke Dude, that was funny. Raising their hand like his eggplant picks were epic. I gotta give Phil his props though, because Phil said, um, I was like, yo, they look like they had no idea that you know, um, Kobe, you know, had this little little league or whatever. And Phil was like, yo, they look like they had no idea Kobe even had a fourth daughter. I'm like, damn. Yo. Oh. <laughs> yo. So, oh, so all I'm gonna say is, if I ever die, I don't care how far you brothers got to travel, plane, train, bus, car, come get my phone. Yo, I got you. He's <laughs> gonna break it. Yo, they gonna be like, yo, he's trying to pay his respects. I'm gonna go, we're gonna go right to the phone, grab it, and just step on the joint. Like, <laughs> just, just all right, now we can green. Yo, I'm gonna set that joint on fire. Set that joint on fire. Roll over the joint with the car, then go back in the crib. Like, all right, now we can green. <laughs> just come get my horn. That's all. Yeah, we can green. <laughs> Them things are going. Yo, um, but this is dope. This is dope. Uh, <laughs> all I'm saying though, man, is that um, that has to be talked about. Though. It's actually sad. That's one of the sadder things about this whole um, situation is his parents. But also, how many minutes does Kobe have on his phone? He has to have unlimited minutes. That's where Kobe texts everybody. Yo, some people is Kobe either don't lying sleep, man. Or Kobe, if some people are either lying or Kobe spent like eight hours a day texting people. Yeah, and some of the timelines don't add up because you know. Mike was talking about Kobe was young. He texted him at two in the morning. I'm like, yeah, I ain't had no text. Like, no, he said when Kobe came in the league, he was texting him because it was like ninety six. Like he wasn't texting. Yeah, him. I was like, I don't know. When did when did the two way pager come out? Maybe ninety eight, ninety nine. Maybe they were yeah. texting him oh, that way. Two thousand. Two thousand. Yeah. Ninety nine, two thousand. I had a mean two way hustle. Anyway, uh, but, I mean, but you know what oh. people do sometimes? Just like Jimmy said earlier about the ball. It'd be true, but they might just reach and embellish the times yeah. and when it happened. Kobe might have been Probably texting like him and like, and like <laughs> he might have been texting him in like 2003, 2004, and he like yeah when he was first came into the league, you know, like you gonna count his first eight years as first coming into the league. 
But um, <laughs> yo, Kobe text yo Kobe texts like his peers, his contemporaries, yo. his teammates, WNBA Kobe, players, college players, AAU Kobe players, sound bothersome. College, female college players, yo, college coach. He probably got the greatest contacts in his section in his phone that you've ever seen. Yo, his Rolodex is amazing. <laughs> amazing. This boy got this boy got D Wade out of a steak dinner to ask him how he what he what he how he played a pick and roll or whatever he double team how he split split the double team (laughs) like come on man the Celtics double team at that during the finals yeah this dude in the finals asking dudes that are lesser than him for advice do Rolodexes do Rolodexes actually still exist in 2020 like is that still a thing. I found mine in the garage in a box like a couple months ago before I tossed it. Yeah, yeah I got my guy mine. like came up with a mobile app to like, you know, do kind of the same thing but have a fire mobile app. But anyway. I would have kept it, but I ain't really had no important numbers in there. Bunch of rim companies, yeah. rim distributors. It's, it's, yeah, it's young cats listening right now like, yo, what the hell is a Rolodex? Yo, this is a Rolodex. <laughs> Skyview said death checklist, phone destruction. <laughs> you know it. Throw that jar in the water, step on it, break it. <laughs> and bring the fire, car. fire, you fire, bund them. Purify, purify. Take the sin part. Yo, throw that jar in. Yeah, me. Just get rid of it. <laughs> today. <laughs> Money today. Anyway. All right, so. Yeah, we just joke. Um, these, these are jokes for the people listening, man. We're just joking. Allegedly. Of course, of course, we had to, to mention it. Uh, Tobias already mentioned it a little bit, but some of the, the shows made it a, a bit of a big deal because it did not seem like LeBron James was in attendance. Um, he got what he uh, needed out of what's Kobe. Her name? Uh, Diana Taurasi did throw a shot at LeBron, and I assumed he was there because I thought maybe she looked him in his eye and threw a shot at him, but maybe she had like a running – Kobe LeBron argument with somebody and took a shot and looked at the person she was arguing with or something because the camera never panned over there and I find it 100% hard to believe that if LeBron was in attendance the camera wouldn't have found him at some point and don't get me wrong I don't made, care made sure one way or the other if LeBron was there or not but Yo. you know it, it it just seems weird being the leader of the Lakers right now and the person who you know, voluntarily said the person who hold up Kobe's uh, legacy and all that kind of stuff is 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 weird to not down and got in his body. He might have had kind of sickening. He might have had COVID nineteen. You don't know because I, I sit there. I sit there the week before and they saying he's making it all about him, and then he like doesn't show up and probably listen to y'all saying he's making it all about him, and then y'all still make it all about him. Don't even ask how. Y'all make it about I'm gonna say, LeBron too big. He's he not gonna get out of so, that. If LeBron was there, if LeBron was there and he wore a hot suit, somebody would be like, "Why he got dressed like that at Kobe funeral? He making it all Yo, about it's him." Like, dog, like, he's not gonna get out of that. It gets sickening. It gets so sickening. And the crazy part about <laughs> how sickening, the crazy part about how sickening it is with LeBron, and I know Tobias can attest to this because he keeps showing this stuff. Like Zion is going to be so much worse. Over this, over this past week, if compared Zion to LeBron, uh, what's the one today? They have Shaq, um, mm-hmm. Barkley. Like, yo, my the, man. Is the crazy like part games, about huh? Zion, Jim, some of the comparisons we saw this week with with Zion and LeBron, 
they weren't even LeBron and his rookie year. It was like Zion and LeBron now. Like right now. Like, come on, man. He's like, done nothing. No, He's played like there was an article. Games. It was an article in a major publication <laughs> that says LeBron and Zion's first matchup shows that Le- 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 Zion has a ways to go. I'm like, dude, like, you he think? hasn't played he hasn't like, played twenty games yet. This is a top five player of all time. Like you think he got a ways to go? Like come on, man. Yeah, it's sickening, man. So it's gonna get worse. But my point in saying that is LeBron can't win. Last week he's making it about him, and now he's not making it about him enough, I guess. Like, I don't know, man. Yeah. Look, I mean, to be fair, if I'm him, and, you know, I can only speak if I was for him, even if that was getting to me and that was bothering me, I'd just show up and just be there. You know what I mean? I don't, I'm don't. i not trying to speak or nothing. I'm just laughing at the jokes. I'm, I'm wiping my eyes at the sad stuff. <laughs> Somebody will still try to find a way to hate, but I think that's, you know, would have been the way that I would have gone in the whole thing. But, look, we can't force nobody to be anywhere that they don't want to be. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. Just whatever. Be awesome. Yeah. All right, Kersey. Before we move on. No, God bless him. God bless him. <laughs> God bless him. Kobe's brother. All right, so. Um, where, was- where was. Oh. Oh, one last thing. I was going to say, where, where, was Rod, where was Rod Strick? Let's name a bunch of players that we didn't see. Where was they all at? <laughs> yeah, where was, where was Rod? One last thing, thing, Where man. was Xavier McDaniel? Wait, Rob Lowe, um, Palenka. Palenka? Yo, yeah. I, okay, he had a decent speech, but his speech. I know where you're going me, with this. He, yeah, he seemed real pressed to just let all of y'all know that I'm Kobe's bestie. I know him better than y'all. It, it, it seemed like every point he made was just basically a ah I knew Kobe better than y'all. I was the last person Kobe texted before he died. Like okay man, yeah. Like, like it's cool. Like, like just pay homage to your said, friend. <laughs> As his best friend, I could tell you. Yo. Right, right. right. <laughs> and and you notice he did something else that everybody didn't do. He used nicknames for every single person in Kobe's family that he said. He was like Coco. Uh-huh. GG, BB, I'm like, all right, man, we get it, we yeah. get it. As you and Kobe are close. My wife and I, and, my wife and I, right. as the godparents of GG, <laughs> right. And every time Kobe's children are at our house, what we noticed was, oh God, all right, Rob, <laughs> we got it, dog. And if you and if you negotiated nine figures <laughs> of my worth and deals for me, I tell you, you're my best friend too. <laughs> Calm down. Like, we get it, man. But uh, again, for like the fourth, fifth week in a row, rest in power to Kobe, rest in power to Gigi, and other seven people that were uh, on that helicopter. I'm not as good as Jimmy Kimmel. I do not have all of their names memorized. Jimmy Kimmel was killing it, but he was killing me too. Yeah. I couldn't look at him because we'll start crying. Yo, when he first came out there, cuz. <laughs> you like, come on, man. And and some of this, like it's you like know, some of this stuff is sincere because Kobe's been on this show like nine times, and you can see like, you know, the, you can see how they knew each other. You saw they the got a, they have a relationship. Yeah, they have a relationship. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you he's not tell his it best wasn't friend. just interviews. Yeah. yeah. All right. So the quote of the week also comes from the memorial service. This comes from <laughs> Mama Bear Vanessa when she was speaking. She just blurted out of the blue, uh, Gigi would have most likely become the best player in the WNBA. And as Jimmy and I were watching, 
heartfelt, but we we definitely had to take a moment to to to, to acknowledge how she cooked the whole WNBA. Yeah, <laughs> one like, thing. Yo, you just disrespected the whole league. Like, like yeah, she, I had to ask Jimmy at that league. point. I'm like, was that? I was like, what was more disrespectful to a league? Was it her comment about a 13 year old Gigi, or was it LeBron's not one, not two? Not three. <laughs> like, which one of them was more disrespectful to a whole league of hoopers? <laughs> she yeah. just threw that out there yeah. out of the blue. Like, that's hey. probably more disrespectful because LeBron is talking about three guys in their prime teaming up. She's talking about somebody who's not even in like college yet. Like, yeah, she's gonna, <laughs> yeah, she'd have become the best player in the whole league. She yeah. probably would have, but still, probably. <laughs> it was it was crazy to hear that. Like, damn, she cooked the shit out of them. All right, so um, stat of the week. Man, this also is related to the ceremony because another friend of Kobe and Gigi, um, I think Gigi looked at her as a mentor, Sabrina Ionescu, um, plays for Oregon. Of Errol. Uh, <laughs> right, if, if you follow women's college basketball slightly, it, even slightly, which a lot of people don't, like, She's basically been the queen of women's college basketball over the last two or three two or three years. Um, so less than ten hours after she made an emotional speech at the memorial service of Kobe and Gigi, she notched her twenty sixth career triple double and her fourth career back to back triple double to become the first women's college basketball ever to post two thousand points, one thousand rebounds, and one thousand assists in a career as she led number three, Oregon past number four, Stanford to secure at least a share of the PAC 12 title. So that's crazy. The thing is, if people didn't know her, they probably know her now. So they are probably going to look at the Oregon games, probably going to get bigger ratings when the tournament starts just because she made Yo, a speech at, at Kobe she, and GGC. She a junior or senior. I don't know that. I told you it's a slight thing. I just know her name because a couple of seasons ago, maybe last season or the season before, maybe last season, I was sitting in the barbershop and all they watch in the barbershop is either ESPN or Fox Sports. And um, I think ESPN was doing a segment on her. And I saw how in this segment they were like jocking her like she was the next Tarazi or somebody like that. And she was cooking people in the segment. And she was like a she was like Russ. She was getting a triple double on. So I did go back and do a little bit of research and watch some stuff and maybe caught twenty minutes of a game <laughs> here and there. And yeah, she nice. She nice. Oh, she's but Gigi would have been better than her. According to oh, Vanessa, she's a senior because she was. Uh, oh no, she's she nice. Yeah, it ain't about the com- complexion. She nice. Oh no, no. All I was gonna say is because I want to make sure. Um, I want to see what, how old she was before I made this comment. Cause um, I saw her at the Uh-oh. funeral and no ma, no ma, no ma. I know exactly what you're talking about. Somebody in the chat saying, commented like, you know on it. I'm off off, but uh, that's, that's an amazing, that's an amazing accomplishment for the for the young lady, man. Salute to her, and you know, uh, yeah, much, much said Kobe was. Success. I just say that. If you're, if you're familiar with the present Oregon Ducks uh, ladies' women's team, I don't know mm-hmm. why would you be, but if you are, she ain't got nothing on Sabu, uh, Sabali. 
Afro German. Uh, yeah, her teammate. Let me do my due diligence. All I'm gonna say is, all I'm gonna say is this: um, I would, I'll be interested Carol. to see like her, her entire. Uh, oh, you're not talking about her game. You talking about? Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, I got you. What's the, what's her, what's her name? Be Austin for Oregon. Damn, they just made a name uh, up. Sabo, Sabo, uh, Somali or Sabali. She's like six four, plays center, forward. Okay. She can get yeah, But anyway, all I'm saying is Scavi says Zion is Barkley with Hakeem post game. Scavi, it's time taking that. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> Yo, he played 10 games. Scavi, you don't know what he's talking about. You disrespecting Yo, our spiritual leader, Hakeem Ulajuwan. Nobody got a I'd be interested to see uh, it's the full text thread between Kobe and that young lady, but I see the hand on Oh, man. <laughs> Oh man. She like chairs. Um anyway, let's move on. Uh yo. Um hey Jim, let's talk cuz we we're going to have a, a a guest on to, to speak about the, the 40th anniversary of something in a few minutes um of a huge sports uh accomplishment event <laughs> piece of history. But before we do that, man, let everybody know what happened while they were on the grind this week. Okay. I see you, Satu. I see you. Oh, my fault. Um, Why You Were On The Grind is brought to you by Sports The Book. Bottom line, it's the best sports book ever written. You know what I'm saying? Post, and it tackles post, post that uh, picture you know, my feelings on Hotep in the beginning. You know what I'm saying? Um, but you can find Sports The Book at sportsthebook.com or warroomsports.com. But it's time to talk about what happened this past week while you were on the good night. I got you, I got you. First thing I want to bring up is uh, Vanessa Bryant, who files a wrongful death lawsuit against the helicopter company. And I actually read the lawsuit, and she's suing for, like, yo, some of the stuff she's suing for, I didn't know you could sue for. She's suing for, like, I mean, obviously, I knew mean, you could sue for loss of companionship. She's suing for, like, loss of laughter on TNT basketball. She's suing like yeah. loss of someone what? rubbing my hand, and I'm exaggerating. Yo, actually, read right, some of the stuff she's suing for. It goes way beyond like some of the normal stuff. Like she's coming at their next hard body. Um, now I haven't you know, seen, um, I haven't seen uh, a figure disclosed of what she's asking for. Is that significant, or you haven't heard of that either? I haven't seen an actual figure, but she's basically trying to like um, bankrupt the whole company. But I also have. A little bit of speculation on my half, my behalf, and I don't know this to be fact. Yeah, I don't know this to be fact, but I feel like she's doing this because she's protecting herself. Because you know we live in a litigious society, so eventually those families might you know come come for her. But no, if, that, you, that, yeah. if you start, yeah. So if you if you start with this, that's a real good point. Record, that's a great point. Get, yeah, you get it on the record that it's their fault. Then maybe they'll join. The I didn't even, you. yo. Or, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, I just, this, yeah, that's the first thing I thought of. I was like, she's protecting herself, so she probably has like, you know, I'm pretty sure Kobe is surrounded by smart yo, counsel. Jimmy, so, yo, Jimmy, that comes from hanging out with the same people that are gonna slander our show for me using Hitler's name. Yeah, yeah, those are my people, man. You know, what I'm saying, shout to my people. Y'all know who y'all are. More, more for us, like even saying the word Colin Kaepernick. Um, the complaint says uh, that the pilot, who's also deceased, Ara uh, Zabayan, 
um, failed to use ordinary care in piloting the subject aircraft and was negligent. Uh, the defendant, Island Express Helicopters, authorized, directed, and or permitted a flight with full knowledge that the subject helicopter was flying in the unsafe weather conditions. Um, the complaint alleges that Kobe died as a direct result of the negligent conduct of Zubayan, for which the company is vicariously liable in all respects. Um, there was actually 27 counts on this complaint. Um, which also names the Bayan's estate as a defendant, seeks compensatory and punitive damages. And like we just said, the amount is unspecified at the moment. So she not only going at the company, she going at the boss of Bayan. Bayan, that that might be a little much. Um, I saw people arguing about this the other day. Um, Just like y'all said, there's probably a part of the same crowd that y'all just spoke of. There were people saying like, you know, you know, why is she doing this? They have enough money, this and that. And I'm I'm fully aware that lawsuits don't bring your loved ones back and stuff like that. But I don't think being set for life already is the factor that stops you from trying to do everything you can, you know, when when your loved ones are are gone. Absolutely. And, and you think it's and negligent of, of a certain company yeah. that caused it. And like I said, she's protecting well, what he, what he, she's protecting a point, what he built. A point that you made. I don't want them flying anymore. I want them gone. I don't want them to be yeah, able to do a, this a, to somebody point, else. Like people aren't looking at it like that. that you made, a point them. that you made in, in a previous episode, Timmy, was you can't really tell someone how to mourn. This could well be a part of her mourn. That's true. That's true. Right. Absolutely. The person, there's no one to blame or no one. Nah, there is someone to blame, and there's some way to hold them storm. accountable and responsible. I don't mind it at all. Yeah, I'm pretty sure she don't need the money, and I'm pretty sure. I'm I'm kind of thinking, Jim, on that same line that you're thinking. If she gets something from them, she'll probably spread it around to those families, so they won't come after her. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Because she doesn't need the money, but people aren't looking at the whole scope of what the possibilities could be before they speak. You know, she could really be doing that, this to look yo, out for those other families. That's what we do on the internet. We speak on things we have no idea. We have no information. <laughs> we just like, yo, we're going to give our opinion. My and thing is, though, you later, we say, look, on a phone or a computer, like, you can just, like, chill for a minute and think about it before you write. That's like, true. <laughs> that's true, too. But you can't, like, but you, you got to get that fire out there. Thing. You got to get that hot tape. Yeah, you got to you put first. your opinion out. You got to be first. Not right. You got to be first. All right, what else happened? <laughs> yeah, man. Um, so you know, again, R.I.P. Kobe. Um, <laughs> the University of uh, Texas Arlington's basketball, they do a, mm-hmm. um, an amazing tribute on Black History Month. I mean, you know, have each of their players uh, pick someone from Black History, and and, and they had what the T-shirt said, "Ask me about you know whoever that person may be," and each mm-hmm. each player had a different person. Um. It was pretty. It was it was a pretty honorable thing. We posted it on our uh, Facebook page, and people put their people put their sheets on and came right out firing because <laughs> the race um, came out quick. Funny thing, first of all, the the article okay, said nothing about Colin Kaepernick, but the guy in the thumbnail for the article his said asked me about Colin Kaepernick, and the photographer and the editor saluted him because they knew what they was doing. They knew what they were doing. But look, 
The dude who had on to ask me about Colin Kaepernick's shirt, if you look at the dude, he looked like he could be related to Colin. So that might be his cousin. Either way, cousin or not, like 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 Jimmy said, the article said not one word about Colin Kaepernick. Of course, when we posted it, everybody made the post about Colin Kaepernick. Because what do we do in 2020? We just look at pictures. We don't Click open up the article. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? We we here at World Room Sports, you know, found a nice article, read it, thought it was nice, and decided to share it with people. And, you know, where does our hard work go? They just looked at the pictures and came to every conclusion that they could possibly come to from the pictures. In the picture, the three players, one has on, uh, asked me about the Kimbe Matumbo, one has Colin Kaepernick, and one has Patrice Lumumba. Not only did somebody have something to say about Colin Kaepernick, but somebody said, somebody who is not of African-American descent, said that Dikembe Mutombo was not a good figure to, to Yo, tribute. And, and, do, you, and, do your homework. Don't let the block shop the strip clubs fool you. And I, and I, and I came up, you know, I definitely told them to do their homework, but at the same time, who are you to tell us who to celebrate during this pity month that we get on the shortest month of the, of, of the year? I'm like it. It got uh, it got real crazy. Listen, but we know we know the Kimbe block shot. Kimbe Matumbo been on years. Man, listen, we know the Kimbe block shots and spends a lot of time in the strip club. But as my brother B Austin taught me this evening, you gotta like you. Know what I'm saying just focus on the fish and not all the bones you gotta spit out, right? So <laughs> pause. Um, but the Kimbe is putting all kinds of work in the community in his home country. Um, Yo. The Kimpe might have given up about a quarter of his earnings throughout the years because the stuff that I see him let go of, he be putting like five million here, ten million there, three no, million here. I'm like, damn, he no, he built a hospital, bro. I'm about to say, you know, build a hospital. He built a hospital, <laughs> and it's outside and it was to outside. serve, you know, people underprivileged people who couldn't no. get that kind of outside treatment of, outside of anywhere uh, else. Outside of like Sloan Great <laughs> Memorial, I don't know nobody else that got a hospital. Man. And and some of y'all gonna know what I'm talking about. Some of y'all not. But Dad get what I'm saying. Nah, you know what I'm saying. Shout to Denny who uh, make sure that. No, my my fault. Going too deep yeah, into my great anatomy. From from something I found about Matumbo on there, and it talked about how for years he's dedicated his time to charities in the United States and across the world. He spends most of his time performing charity work and acts of kindness through his foundation which included hosting and participating in opportunities Whoa. to feed the homeless, speak and mentor uh, to, the kids, and teach basketball the NBA CARES program. He's also a global ambassador who worked, worked closely with several international organizations to help better communities around the world, was recognized for his philanthropic work and establishing the Biamba Marie Mutombo Hospital in his homeland, um, the Republic of Congo, they said the hospital, which has been operating since 2007, is one of the few in the area that offers services to patients with chronic illnesses and diseases such as cancer and sickle cell anemia. This dude was one of, there was representatives from 12 countries that joined the African ambassadors in a summit, including Matumbo. He's not a representative from, you know, he's not a political representative, but he was invited to brainstorm and discuss ways that they can do their part with nations across the world to combat the spread and growth of cancer, which killed 8.2 million people worldwide. The only, the only, the only thing Matumbo really does 
only thing Matumbo really does is help people focus on the kids, go to the strip club, and invest in OnlyFans. He really doesn't do anything other than that. Listen, and Dad, you didn't even mention the numbers of the numbers of young African American women in Atlanta and Miami. He helped go through college. No doubt. Yo, straight up and down. With the Matumbo slammer, slander, Matumbo is, come on, man. It doesn't get more philanthropic. Yo, but, but my thing is this, though. Oh, my thing is Matumbo. Right? What I found interesting is just reading their talking points, right? So we, we, can, we can agree to disagree online. All that's fine. Like, I don't even argue with people no more. But their talking points are funny to me because, again, as someone who reads history, the same things they say, and I'm, again, I'm not comparing these two. But the same exact talking points that they're using are the same things that I like have read that people said in posters and pictures and letters about Dr. King. When they start saying, "Oh, he's so far left," the, uh, the American hating liberal, like the whole that whole talking, the whole talking points they use are exactly the same words. And it's kind of yeah. interesting how history has a, a way of yeah, history has a that. way of like it's showing you, man, like. Y'all are going to be on the wrong side of history with this because whether you agree with him or disagree with him, he really didn't do anything wrong. I told you, told you their future future kids, I mean, they're, you know, future generations, their kids and their kids are going to be talking about Colin Kaepernick like he was a hero because he's safe. Exactly. He you like know. You're going to be on the wrong side of history. He's going to be and that safe like, figure. They're going to be giving us Colin Kaepernick boulevards in every city. <laughs> Yo. Hey, but and the funny thing about the funny thing about that is now as we look back over history and we know people were on the wrong side of history, it, it's kind of like it's a lot more hidden then than it will be now because we got the receipt. You can't yeah, hide that yeah. Twitter post. Like it's going to be know. more people are going to be caught. We know for a fact there are those that walk around celebrating Dr. King and some even celebrating El Hodge that. Back then, they probably was hanging and had yeah, some yeah. interesting commentary, yeah. but they can hide that fact. People probably got Yo, hard drive screenshots. This is my screenshot hard drive. I'm going to bring Yo, this out. Here's the, amazing thing. here's the amazing thing about, like, social media, the world, and all that. Yo, you can just say nothing. Like, you don't have to. Even if you, you, could. you don't have to put all your feelings out there. How about just saying nothing? You don't have to play yourself. It's, I guess it's so tempting. It's just so tempting to, to jump in on some of these conversations. All right, but let's switch gears for a minute, man. We're going to talk about uh, a big moment in American Olympic sports history. Um, you know, there's been movies made about it. Uh, we talk about it. We as a society, you know, we talk about it once in a while. It was such a big deal, and I'm talking about the miracle on ice. Um that there there was we celebrated the 40th anniversary of the miracle on ice uh back on February 22nd basically earlier this week it's been 40 years since that and to talk about it with us for a few minutes and give us you know some of his thoughts and memories and uh just his view on everything 40 years later is a familiar voice. A lot of you guys, if you've been on the War Room Sports Podcast Network anytime in the past five to ten years, you've probably heard this guy. Um, he always tells you before his show that the beacons are lit. 
You know who I'm talking about. I'm talking about the mad scientist. We're going to talk to Nick Ficarelli real quick. Nick, what's going on? Good evening, gentlemen. That's right. The beacons are being lit. The whiteboard is starting to get some writings on it. And from what I understand, there are some test subjects that are interested in coming back into the lab. This is Uh a very interesting time, ladies and gentlemen. Very Uh interesting time. But before I go any further, let me take you back to February 22nd, 1980. I was seven years old. I lived in Brooklyn, New York, and I sat in front of my tube TV with my mom, my dad, and my two little brothers, who at the time were five and four years old. Now, at the time, there was no such thing as there was no such thing as cable. There was no such thing as uh, spoilers. There was no such thing as anything. The game was on at 5 p.m. Eastern time. Now, back in the day, even though the game was in the United States. The game was still on tape delay. Yeah, that, that, that was a thing, people, tape delay. And, you know, everybody in Lake Placid already knew what the final score was, but you had all of these millions of people gathering in front because, let's face it, you had these bunch of college kids anywhere between the ages of 20 and 22 years old against possibly the greatest hockey team ever put together on the planet. The, the four times defending Olympic champion Soviet Union. Four times. And the funny thing is, is like you see some of the names, if you're, if you're a diehard hockey fan, and if you saw some of the names, Kasatonov, Fetisov, Makarov, Mikhailov, Kretiak, the whole lot of them, most of them would end up be playing in the NHL years later. But at the time... This team could not be beaten. They defeated NHL hockey players in the Canada Cup like they were rookies. And we're talking about guys like Phil Esposito, Bobby Orr. We're talking like the biggest names of all time in the 1970s. And they wiped the floor with them. Just a couple weeks prior, the last game on the exhibition schedule for the United States, they played the Soviet Union in Madison Square Garden, and they were beaten 10-3. to 3. Let's hey. face it. If you were a United States fan, I mean, if you're a fan of the United States, if you're a fan of hockey, you were going into this game, you had no expectations whatsoever. You were just hoping it was going to be a good game. Yeah. That's exactly how my father, my father even said it. He goes, I just hope this is a good game and we don't get embarrassed. Well, we're watching the game, and sure enough, you know, the United States, they're hanging in there. They're hanging in there. They're getting outplayed, but they're hanging in there. And sure enough, it's 1-1 at the end of one. And we're like, oh, okay. And they were all thinking when they scored, when Russia scored in the second, in the second period, and they were dominating. And we were like, it's only a matter of time before the floodgates go wide open. Mm-hmm. And then came the play to me that changed everything outside of the last play. When Mark Johnson scored the tying goal with about two seconds left on the clock, my father jumped out, out of his seat and screamed school. We're jumping up and down like, you know, as kids do. And Tretziak ends up getting pulled. The greatest goaltender 
Hello? Hello? Yeah, I'm here. I'm sorry. What do you call? I spelled, what do you call? I cut out for a few seconds. Sorry about that. And Tretiak gets pulled, and all of a sudden, here, what do you call? Here comes Michigan, their backup. And I'm like, oh my God, they did the impossible. They actually had the greatest goaltender of that generation pulled from the hockey game. I'm like, oh my God, what is going on here? And then, sure enough, you know, they score to make it 3-2. We score to make it 3-3. And then, of course, probably the most famous goal ever in the history of all of hockey, Marco Ruzioni scoring the goal in which if you watch that shot a million times over, seriously, watch that shot a million times over. I got to tell you, you know, one inch to the right, it's wide. One inch to the left, it's saved. And I keep saying how he found that little hole will never, never cease to amaze me. People then seem to forget when he scored that goal, it was the winning goal. Yeah, it was, but there was still 10 minutes to go in the game. And, oh, my God, the amount of shots that Russia had on goal and the amount of saves that Jim Craig made that night in which he became the ultimate legend. And then everybody, of course, remembers where his time is winding down. You're listening to Al Michaels' call. And then those famous words. Ten seconds. Do you believe in miracles? Yes. (laughs) And we all all jumped up. We all jumped up. We were jumping around. We were going crazy. We were like hugging each other. My block literally spilled out onto the street. The horn started honking. It was Bedlam in my area of Brooklyn. Bedlam. But here's something that people always seem to forget. The Miracle on Ice was one of the greatest things ever. But it meant nothing at the time. And the reason why was because the United States on February 24th had to play the gold medal game against Finland. And if the United States would have lost that game, they would have won nothing. No medal, (laughs) no nothing. Because that's how it was back then. And this, that, this, that happens in sports. Jimmy and, and Beyonce and I, we were talking about, what were we talking about last week, guys? We were talking about how, you know, things become legendary and a lot of the details get taken out of it the, the longer it goes. And I think yeah, a lot of people a forget things. that fact. Uh, oh, Nick, the, the further, fact yeah, that further away, the further further away from – uh, the further away from actuality, like now, Will Chamberlain is seven foot twelve, four hundred pounds, and ran, you know, uh, a nine nine hundred meters and had a fifty inch vertical. So, yeah, the further away well, you get from it, it takes on a life of its own. The best thing about it, though, was before the game, and I remember when I watched the documentary on HBO, Michael Ruzioni was telling the story, and it's so true; it's not even funny because. It's been heard many times. Herb Brooks, before the game against Finland, goes like this. If you lose this game, that last game means nothing, and you will take this to the bleeping grave. And he walked out. He comes back 10 seconds later, looks at everybody and goes, to your bleeping grave. Everybody (laughs) then got the magnitude. Everybody then got the magnitude. And once again, the United States did what they did best. 
They were down 2-1 at the end of two periods, and they scored three goals in the third. And all I remember is the other very famous call that gets lost in the shuffle by Al Michaels when he goes, at the end of the game, the impossible dream comes true. And when they had the gold medal ceremony that night, and Mike Ruzioni took yeah. the gold medal, and then the whole team rushed the podium, and they all somehow fit on that podium still to this day, trying to figure out how all these college mm-hmm. kids fit on that podium. And the number one in the air, it's one of the most iconic things ever. And I will go to my, to my grave, and I will argue with anybody, and I will be blue in the face, and I will scream high to the heavens. The United States hockey team of 1980, when they beat the Soviet Union, it was the greatest sports moment in the history of all sports. Woo! You could talk about your 19, you could talk about your 1969 Miracle Mets. You could talk about your 72 win Chicago Bulls. You could talk about uh, the, the New York Jets in '69. You could talk about all these great upsets that's happened. Nothing in the history of sports was so ingrained into everybody's memory of my generation and generations that followed for the 1980 U.S. hockey team. And I dare anybody that's listening out there right now to come at me and talk to me about it because it's, I was only seven years old, and I still remember to this day well, Nick, where I was, you, what I was wearing, them, and all that. If you want them to come and talk to you about it, then they're going to need a place for them, you know, to be able to talk to you about it. So keep that in mind. <laughs> keep that know, in mind. <laughs> you know, you know, it's a little, I'm looking around it right now. It's a little dusty. It's been closed for the last two and a half, three years. You know, a lot of things happen, kids and all that. You guys know, you, you know, you're the same boat that I am. And I, it was time for me to close it and walk away at the time. I went downstairs about a couple of weeks ago. And I reached out to Dev, and I was like, hey, Dev, the lab seems to be a little dusty. may have to clean it up a little bit. And he was like, really? And I was like, yeah, I think I need to clean it up a little bit. And then all of a sudden I started thinking a little further, and I'm going, you know, you know, the beacons, it's almost time that they get lit. The whiteboard has writing on it now, you know, still trying to formulate some uh, some good stuff. And I do happen to have some test subjects that would be interested in coming back into the lab a little bit. So it may happen in the not-too-distant future, but the lab may be opening for business once again. And there's only one place. We shall There's see. only one place. There's only one place where I will open the lab. Not going to say where just yet, but I think everybody's getting the hint on why I'm saying it on this show. The flagship for a certain network that used to house the lab. Coming back, baby! Ago. So. <laughs> so. 
when the lab is fully operational, the people will know. And once again, the mad scientist and nutty professor may be coming out and recreating some old time sports magic. Now, for all, all those right, that don't remember, me, for we all will those keep that don't remember everybody me, posted. For all, for all those that don't remember me, I'm a little cuckoo. I admit it. I'm not the uh, what do you call? I, I don't know everything about sports. I mean, I really don't. I have my opinions. My opinions are not fact. My opinions are what they are. Not many people will agree with me. That's fine. That's the beauty of sports. Everybody knows it. Everybody's entitled to their own opinion. I'm not saying you're wrong. They don't say I'm wrong. But it's a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun doing it. Do I miss it? Yeah. I do. I'm not going to lie. I miss of course it. you do. And it's starting to bubble. It's starting to bubble. And when it happens, hopefully I can recreate that all-time magic, and we'll see where it goes. Right. So, gentlemen, thank you so much for allowing me to come on. It was awesome. Hopefully people understand why, to me, when I talk about the 1980 U.S. Olympic team, the passion that I have about it, because, I, you know, I'm going to probably go fire up Miracle right now. Sure. It, it, uh, <laughs> it, shaped your, it helped shape your, it shaped your childhood and, and your life and your perspective no, on sports. Didn't shape my chi- See, that's the thing. It didn't shape my childhood and life. It shaped my love. It also helped shape the love my passion for sports, and it shaped the love my passion for my country. Because let's mm-hmm. be honest, back at yeah. all, another little history lesson. Back in 1980, the United States was in a dark place. You know, what do you call? We ended up boycotting the Summer Olympics that year. We were having issues with Iran, with the Iran hostage crisis. You know, there was the oil crisis. Jimmy Carter actually went on TV and made the address that pretty much cost him the presidency when he said these next four years are going to be worse off than the last four years or something to that nature in which, you know, (laughs) America was like, really? (laughs) This galvanized the nation. The United States hockey team galvanized the nation, galvanized a little town in upstate New York and Lake Placid and galvanized the nation to the point that we were like, the big bad Russians aren't as bad as what they thought they were. No doubt. It's right, definitely guys. one of those stories. But Nick, thank you for, for coming on and sharing your recollection of that. And like I said, the people out here who know you, who listened to your show before, I'm pretty sure they they really want you want to hear more of these stories. Uh, but they want to hear them in the Mad Scientist Sports Lab. So uh, we will yep. keep the public posted on everything. But we're about to get yep. out of here. So again, thank you for coming on to share uh, your recollection, no man. And we will talk to you soon. Thank you very much. Have a good night, Tens. All right. No Take doubt. it easy. All right. Nick Ficarelli. Formerly and maybe in the future, host of the Mad Scientist Sports Lab right here on the War Room Sports Podcast Network. Um, we about to get out of here soon, but Jimmy, I know you wanted to, it was a, a, a hoop story. <laughs> that was yeah, absolutely. Hilarious. At least one story. I was so, one story I got to get you guys' opinion on. Um, <laughs> but the NBA Wrap is brought to you by Digital Extreme Technologies. Bottom line is, if you have a business, 
you need a home for your business on the web. You can't use Facebook. You can't use IG. I mean, if you're doing a certain kind of business, you can use OnlyFans. But other than that, you need a custom website. Go to digitalextremetech.com and, you know, tell them you heard it here. Or you can call them, 267-205-4203, get that discount. But peep this, man. It's one story because you got to talk about this thing about I want to talk about the brother, Bradley Bill. the brother Bradley Bill, man. The NBA drug test. And, and it's not that he got drug tested by the NBA just, you know, um, randomly. But, well, it may have been random, but it seems weird. He scored back-to-back 50-point performances, and after that, he got called into the office like, yo, we got to test you, B. So, the office like, this is a trying to the boys garbage. Like, yo, the NBA like, yo, you ain't that good. Like, we got to test your blood, dude. Like, do, y'all, do y'all think this is just a coincidence? So, what's going on here, cuz? Man, in professional sports, it's never just a coincidence. It is never just a coincidence. They let the boy, uh, the angry dude, back into the NFL, uh, Kaepernick's homie, and <laughs> he been getting the test. Like, he can test for days, he can test for days, two weeks, like a bi-weekly check. <laughs> right. Now, this is, I mean... This is the league crapping on Bradley Beal again because, first of all, he should have been an all-star. He didn't make the all-star game. So they obviously don't look at him as being as good as the people in Washington probably think he is. So, you know, even though he's averaging up around 28, 29 points a game, back-to-back 50s, even though they were both in losses, it it it, it, it kind of got every – it kind of raised the, the antennas of – the execs, the higher ups in the NBA office. There's nothing um, coincidental about this, in my opinion. I don't believe in I don't, I don't believe in coincidental. Um, <laughs> I, I man, I think it's hilarious. But shout out to Bradley because I know some other dudes named Bradley that, and they ball, they hoopers, man. It's something about that name. They hoopers. So it's just the, the NBA hating. Um, no coincidence. We don't. We don't know his testing history. Usually, that stuff is public or or finds a way to come out. Um, but it is curious. Like, what what would be the reason and logic to test this bull other than, yo, you ain't good enough to drop a hundred in two games, a hundred and two to be exact. I'll tell you what is a coincidence. Guess who the last player was to score back-to-back 50-point games? The, Bean. The bull, the bull Bean. The bull Kobe Bryant. Bean. <laughs> but Bill has become the first player ever to drop 50-plus points in two consecutive games that his team lost. <laughs> so, so, he's, <laughs> so he's in great company with the back-to-backs with Kobe, but you know, Kobe didn't they, lose. They need to test the rest of them and try to figure out why y'all not taking what he's taking. Yeah, but Bradley Bill's averaging thirty and six this season. Like, how is how are you not an all star averaging thirty and six? Yo, like, that's a trap sham mockery. I can't respect the league for that. Yo, I mean, it's only one reason that, he, that you could possibly hold him out. Even now, the league kind of throws this in people's minds. Well, maybe he's he must got stuff. like he must got oil in his driveway. Like that's the only way that you try to hold him up. <laughs> he 
forgot that. Yo, hey, Dad, we might got to change the name of this episode to Oil in Your Driveway. Oil in Your Driveway. <laughs> oil in the driveway. When you find out they got no, shout, out, shout out to Umar. Shout out to Umar. We don't bang with you no more. Well, Jimmy does. But uh, oil in your driveway, bro. Oil in your driveway. No, Dev do too. Stop trying to make it me. But yo, yeah, um, I'm embarrassed. <laughs> that Dev ain't gonna admit it. But no, I'm, I'm trying to. I'm trying to. I'm trying to hold on, but he's just embarrassing me, man. You know what I mean? Fish, fish bone. That's all I'm gonna say. Fish bone. <laughs> Oh yeah, we got a couple minutes left And this last couple minutes, man I just definitely want to say I want to send a shout out to our 254 brother Jamal, aka the fish man And a lot of y'all may not follow us on social media But like a couple weekends ago um, we, we had we had a lake house And I mean, we, we, we do an annual trip and um, our brother Jamal, the greatest fish lake house, known to man. You know what I mean? Lake house. Mm-hmm. You know, we just going to put that out there. But, yo, I just want to send a shout out to Jamal because Jamal makes the greatest fish known to man. Like, literally. No bone. So, no bone. But I just want to put that out there on the show and give Jamal his props while he's here, man. Because, you know, they always say you got to give people their flowers while they're here. So, mm-hmm. we giving Jamal his flowers while he's here, man. Salute to you, Jamal, for the fish, dog. We can't wait till we at Maul funeral. Like, man, Maul made some good ass fish, man. We can't do that. <laughs> yo, <laughs> yo, I'm definitely yo. If, you know, if Maul ends up passing before me, who knows? You no, know, he can't predict the future. I'm definitely getting up at the funeral. Like, tell some fish stories, does? It's a, it's a gar- <laughs> you can Denzel guarantee. Yeah, you gotta do it. We're gonna get a flower it. arrangement in the in the shape of a whiting. <laughs> Yo, you can Denzel guarantee it. And I don't and even know what the lighting is like. shaped like, you know, before it's fried. But <laughs> I'm at to look. I'm at to Google some whiting, or we just put the flower arrangement in the shape of a fried piece of fish. A model fish man. Yo, man. And we just, you know, bringing this message to thousands because this is the second podcast. And we mentioned Maul Fish, and people don't even know who the hell Maul is. Yeah. I mean, yeah. shout out to all the people who are still listening. Shout out to audience who are still listening. If they didn't hang out with them, if, if y'all still listening with us, because, uh, you know, right now we're just talking about fish. But it's time for us to get out of here, yo. So thank you for brothers and sisters for joining us for another briefing in the war room. Shout out to everybody in the chat room, Facebook, Twitter. Anybody who called and got through, salute to y'all. Those we couldn't get to, we apologize. But um, make sure that you stay in tune with us, you know what I'm saying? Catch us next week. Catch everything we do, you know what I'm saying? All of our social media, all the content we drop, everything can be found at the hub, which is warroomsports.com. I repeat, warroomsports.com. You dig? Um, Also, get a copy of my book, Sports the Book, at sportsthebook.com or back at that hub, as I repeat one more time, warroomsports.com. But until next time, everybody, don't accept mediocrity. Be steadfast in a war against ignorance. And we'll see you chumps on top.
sensitive, then oh well. Physical podcast, a tough push. Showtime like magic in the block push. Looking alive, push one to join in. Rip your team or listen for your enjoyment. Hip hop dollars, pit stop knowledge. Should be in sports credits, I ain't talking college. Five guys, no beef though. Corporate secrets, but the streets know. Bellafani, I got a chief flow. KC, royalty, I'm in beast mode. Two hours, get your game up. Who's the best sports cap? You better name us. War Room Sports. Sports, www.warroomsports.com. What? Ain't no more to it.